guys, welcome back to Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism. The Gilmore Girls Podcast. I'm Eleni. <laughs> I'm Jeffrey. And today we are talking about one episode and one episode only. Because it's a doozy. Season 2. Episode 19. Teach me tonight. Dun dun dun. <laughs> oh lord, we have a lot of feelings about this one. Yeah, guys. we had to make this one. Like, one episode... Talk about this. And only this. Only this. Yes. Because we have a and lot. some other things. <laughs> but only this. Yes, we have a lot to say. But first. Honestly, I don't have a lot. I have less to say about this than I do when I wrote notes for the first episode where Jess appears. Remember when I had like three pages of notes? Yeah, because <laughs> half of them were just like, I love you, Jess. Take me against the wall. Yeah, she's not wrong. <laughs> so, exactly. And little hearts everywhere. <laughs> first, I wanted to ask you, though. Yes. If you had to pick the movie that Stars Hollow is going to watch, mm-hmm. which movie would it be? And don't forget, you have to appeal to a wide audience. <laughs> Does it have to be from Taylor's book? No. Any I'm movie? saying any movie. That's hard. Which one would it be? It would have to be like like one of my personal favorites that I'd watch to inflict on everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like? <laughs> honestly, the first movie that comes to mind is Mystic Pizza. Oh god. Okay. That's one of my all-time favorites and like anytime I've like I've I've introduced that movie to a lot of different people like anytime we've like I've been at a friend's house watching a movie or something and like I bring stuff over like I've always like I've introduced that to several different people and they've all fallen in love with it. So like if, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a good movie to influence people. We should film me watching Mystic Pizza. <laughs> Okay, you don't like anything. You would just hate it. That's rude. I don't like anything. Yeah, we, we, we say that about each other. We don't like anything. Honestly, you always say that, but I've never said that about you. Um, you... I whacked you with my book. I feel like you have, anyway. Um, no, so it would be Mystic Pizza? Yeah, maybe like... Would that appeal to a younger audience? Probably not. Mm. Um, I have to, I'd probably say like The Wizard of Oz, but like every, that's like... Yeah, that's, that's like awesome. That's like the most watched movie in history, right? So like... Probably. But that would appeal to everybody. I think. Or Mary Poppins. That's my, uh, that's my all-time that's favorite. That's your backup? Yes. But can I just say, I was thinking about this the other day, because someone, like, one of my electives I'm taking this this semester in university is um, called the movie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And so someone was asking me a while ago, like, oh, are you, are you, like, into film studies and, like, film classes and whatever? And I'm like, absolutely not. This is only an elective that I took because it sounded interesting. Yeah. And... Cause I, I had to take a cinema class. Yeah, because like too. I am like interested in like movies and film from a from an academic perspective, but that doesn't mean I'm interested in cinema classes because, like you just said, I took a cinema class in my first semester of CJEP, and not my first semester. I think it was my my second year, but okay. it was bad. But can I just say? You do not know what it's like to sit in a room full of film snobs and tell them that your favorite movie of all time is Mary Poppins. The judgment, the collective judgment in they the room. They fuck themselves. The collective judgment in the room was enough to make me never want to take a cinema class again. Thank God we didn't like go around the room and say that because first of all, I think that's a dumb, not a dumb question, but I think like you can never pick just one, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with books, songs, whatever. Um... But we didn't do that, but we did, like, our our teacher was a big snob. Oh, yes. Mine was, like, too. And why is, what what is it about, like, classes in the arts where, like, everyone's a fucking snob? Honestly, in CJEP, I was in a creative arts program. Yeah, so, so you must have gotten a lot of them. There was a lot in terms of, like... Like, they were, they were hoity-toity in terms of what they wanted from you. It wasn't oh, like okay. they were snobs... Like, they were probably snobs outside of the classroom as people. Because my experience in but... CJIP was, like, there was two groups that were the worst. The people that were, like, in applied sciences that were going to be doctors. <laughs> and the other one was, like, the creative arts kids. Like, oh, yeah. Not all of them, but, like, the film kids. And, like, I was like, yo, you're not better than me because you watch a oh, lot yeah. of movies and you analyze them. Yeah, no. For us, it was, like... I was kind of with a lot of like-minded people in my in my literature profile. Okay, yeah. But like in the creative arts program, which is called ALC, so Arts, Literature, and Communications, um, I, I, but I also knew a lot of people in the arts and culture mm-hmm. profile, and I knew a few people in the cinema profile, just from like being in classes with them. And apart from my friends in the arts and culture profile, they were the worst. I like, they were the epitome of I believe you. art class snobs. Yeah, see, we didn't have like a cinema profile. We just had a few cinema classes here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like ours wasn't as bad, but the, the the professor was definitely like. Oh yeah. He would because we there, in Montreal. There's like a film festival every 
I want to say March. I think so, yeah. Anyways, so he he made us go buy our own tickets. Oh boy. To go and we had to analyze the movie. How do you expect me to take notes? In, in a dark field yeah, I was gonna with say. And honestly, I'm like even in high school when like in English class or something when, when we used to like watch a movie and they'd say like take notes because you know like read a response later or something. Like I, I don't know. Like for me even now, like it's hard for me to, to watch Gilmore Girls and take notes for this Absolutely. podcast. Like because, I force like, myself to write the stupidest yeah, things sometimes just so I can have something in my notebook. And sometimes I have to pause to write my Absolutely. notes because like but it cuts the fucking show. I know. But for me when I'm watching a movie like, it's like not like an episode of a show where I have to like jot down specific thoughts. But if I'm watching a movie that I'm going to analyze in in completion later. Yeah. I have to sit and I have to watch it. Yeah. And then I have to think about it later. Yeah. Like I can't be I can't be jotting things down while I'm watching. In my first semester of um, CGIP, my English class, my teacher's name was Natalie Huffles. Huffles. <laughs> she was a very sweet lady, but she made us an English class and CGIP was two hours long. Yeah. So. She made us watch Fight Club, mm-hmm. and we had to pick a scene from Fight. We had to we had to do it three times. Pick a scene and like analyze the, the the themes and the 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 dialogue and like what's going on on the screen. Whatever, fine. An English class is two hours long. It took us four classes to get through Fight Club. Cause Just, do you know? Do you remember the opening sequence of Fight Club where it's like neurons in a brain? No, because I watched it a very long time ago. Okay, but it's like, like they're just, like, while the credits, the opening yeah. credits are rolling, they're just showing, like, neurons in a brain. Pause. What does the blue signify? I was like, bitch, is this what it's going to be like? And sure enough, I that's can't. what it was like. I can't. That's what it was like. I cannot watch movies like that. Terrible. And that's part of why the class men now called the movie soundtrack is a bit excessive because yeah. he'll just show, like, random scenes from each movie and it's like... I need he, context. And I'm like... This is not the humdrum. <laughs> but, like, there's some movies where I'm like, oh, that's a great movie. I haven't seen that in a long time. It's like... One scene. Yeah, I know. Next. Like, You're like, no. Let's watch the whole movie. Stop, yeah. stop, stop talking. I don't want to hear you talk anymore. See, in university, I took a class called The Art of Listening. Okay. And a lot of people just took that class. It was a music class. A lot of people just took that class as an easy A class. Mm-hmm. But really, like, you really have to work for that A, I oh, found. Yeah. Because he would play, like, part of the exam was he would play snippets of music. Mm-hmm. And he's like, go. Like, what's, who, who, who composed this? Is it a is it a fucking up tempo like it was a bunch of shit and I was like damn I got an A but I mean like it was I can't ugh, things like that like where you cut things short and like you make me I can't I don't know yeah no four classes four two hour classes to get through fucking Fight Club no I cannot and especially in in an English class where like everyone is encouraged to have an opinion and an, <laughs> and, an, and <laughs> to, like your opinion doesn't matter Susan <laughs> like in your own like analytical opinion yeah. like ugh. I don't miss that about yeah. college and CJ. Oh, anyway. I, I get it. But I think my top three for the Stars Hollow movie festival would be uh, either Mary Poppins, Mystic Pizza, or The Wizard of Oz. What are your picks? I was thinking I would pick something from Pixar. Okay. Because, you know, like, they appeal to young kids, but also they're fucking good, and, like, adult, they also have, like, adult jokes. Yeah. Nobody's ever like, going to Like, for a fam, yeah, I guess. It's like, like a family day in the town square. I would pick, like, Inside Out or something. Yeah, like a, yeah, like a, like a Disney or, or the new one coming out soon. What's it called? I don't know. The one where they bring his father back with magic. Oh yeah. I feel like I'm gonna cry a what's, bunch. I don't remember what's, what's it called. called. I don't remember what it's, it's called. It's coming out Monday. No movie's coming out Monday. No, it's like advanced screening on the okay, second. Okay, I don't remember. It's coming out on the fifth. Anyway, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm. We're looking it up. I want to watch it. Pixar movie about feelings. No, <laughs> that's it's called it. Inside out. out. Yeah. No, but just any, um, yeah, I think I would pick something just like that because or Nemo, Nemo's always onward. Yes, it's called. Onward, yes. I feel like I'm gonna cry like a bitch. <laughs> Funny story, I always watch Pixar movies alone because nobody ever wants to come to the theater with me. Oh really? And I can never drag like my nieces are too young. Yeah. My niece is too young for me to like just drag her to the theater, and um, it's always like me in a corner. And like eighty seven thousand kids, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> and the kids are like, "Mommy, I want popcorn." I'm like, "Bitch, if you ruin this for me." Anyways, there's even like there's even like a meme, you know, like when a like when 
a sequel to an old Pixar movie comes out. Like when remember, like, I know, like when Incredibles two came out, was like, that was if a movie. child talks, I'm like, okay, the movie is for children. Yeah, like, but you know what? Fuck you, because the movie, <laughs> the movie came out in two thousand four, the first one. They weren't alive. They weren't alive, and I was a child. Well, I was twelve. But did you see the the first Incredibles in the theater? No, but I saw it like not not soon after when it came out on DVD. Like okay. I had it. Yeah. So when the second the second one wasn't that good, by the way. When the second yeah, it one, okay. it was just okay. It was just okay. Yeah, it wasn't like up to. Pixar standards. Yeah. You know when I saw in theaters and I fucking cried like a bitch? Inside Out. That too. <laughs> but you know what I else I saw? What? Up. Oh, yes. How does a movie have me crying within 15 minutes? I don't think anybody... If you didn't cry it up, like... I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, Up was devastating for me. You cried? I cried a lot. And I... then I... I I understood why he was so grumpy. I'd probably cry now. I was really young when it came out, so like How I was, old were you when it I came was out? eleven. So like, God, time flies. <laughs> yeah. So um, I know it was really, like it was sad, but I feel like what when was I was that, a, what was that animal? Was it a rooster? A it, chicken? In the a peacock? It was a dog. No, I know Doug the dog yeah. didn't talk. The animal that they were chasing. Uh oh, it was peacock. Peacock. I think so. Anyways, it's been a very long time. Whatever, that movie destroyed me. I feel like I would definitely... I don't even like kids. I would definitely cry now. Yeah. When I was 11, I... It was I'd... that scene where where she's lying in a hospital bed, and, like, he sends her the balloon, and she just, like, delicately touches his cheek. I know. And then he's just in alone with her I coffin. <laughs> How dare you, Pixar? I feel like I would definitely cry now, because when I was, like, I feel like I've... You're just, heartless as a baby. Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> and I've just like gone through enough like trauma and emotional difficulty now where no, it's like was... everything makes me cry. No, no, no. Anytime you need a good cry, up is for you. Yes. Inside Out was also fucking sad when Bing Bong fucking disappears. So are these movies you're gonna you're gonna show for the families in in? I mean, the kids love them, and the adults will be like, "Now, why did she die?" You know. All right. So uh, in conclusion, please attend Eleni's sad family film festival. It's always cathartic, okay, to cry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With your kids in the, in the park. In the park, yeah. Just in the middle of the town square. You know what I always wanted to know? How do they charge for that? In Star's Hollow? Yeah. Because technically you could see the screen from Luke's. Yeah. So Luke could literally just sit in there and be like, I'm watching this movie, bitches. I've... Also, it's a yearling. Nobody wants to watch it. <laughs> Have you ever watched a yearling? No. I've never even heard of it until, this, until I saw this for the first time. Terrible. Um, but I feel like Taylor should have mentioned earlier that the movie they yeah no shit that the movie had to be chosen from a specific list Taylor knew what he was doing he was trying to give her her fun just to yank it out of her hands he's a fascist <laughs> cause he was like so ugh like bitter about it in the beginning that it's like oh well look looky okay, here okay so you want me to read you the yearling what, what year is it 1946 46. based on the novel by Marjorie Kinnam Rawlings this drama focuses on the family of Civil War veteran Penny Baxter oh Jesus <clears throat> who lives and works on an oh my god I can't be <laughs> who lives and works on a farm in Florida with his wife Ori, Ori and their son Jody the only surviving child of the family Jody longs for companionship and unexpectedly finds it in the form of an orphaned fawn oh god <laughs> they make two and a half hours of movie on this while Penny is supportive of his son's four-legged friend, Ori is not, leading to heartbreak and conflict. Oh, well, I can see why Taylor thinks it's, like, per the perfect family movie, then. But it's, yeah, like, but overkill. Yeah, but you need two and a half hours with this kid with this deer. Oh, my God. That's, like, the epitome of... It has 100% of Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> Who are you people on crack? <laughs> That's, like, that that movie poster is the epitome of, like... What about this one? Of, like, 40s, 50s family. What about this one? It's, like... Oh, my God. The ultimate 40s Are there any reviews? I want to family reviews. There, One of the reviews. In spite of obvious scenes of boy and growing deer running against the rosy skyline, the relationship is handled with tenderness and taste. Yo, Donald J. Levitt, <laughs> who is the man who wrote this, is on crack. <laughs> He's on crack. I'm sorry. Yeah, I probably should have looked it up earlier because I feel like when Taylor said it was the this perfect guy, family film. Yeah, this guy, five out of five, family classic, beautifully realized involving a pet deer. Did he write it? Like, he's the guy that wrote the description in the books. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. This is a But all of the... All well, of... now we have to watch The Yearling. You know that, right? I know. It looks like a bit like Old Yeller, but Old Yeller is an actual... Old Yeller is a tearjerker as well. Yeah. But I feel like it's I feel like it's probably... The Yearling could probably go in the same era as... Like, it, like that poster, to me, is like the epitome of 40s, 50s family film, well, you know? Like, oh, I do love me some Gregory Peck, though. <laughs> 
All right. So we're not fans of the yearling. No, and neither are they. Neither are they. And but I love, they, uh... I love how how Rory and Lorelai have this big list that they're like, they're going to, they're narrowing it down and they're like, oh, well, we still have yeah, 75 but, possibilities. Yeah, but Lorelai wants to show a fucking mini series. I know. Like, we're just going to stay in the town square forever. <laughs> and then Taylor comes in with the binder and they're like, Ugh, and they're reading through all the descriptions. Good I'm like, scene. I'm like, who wrote this? Oh, and terrible. then my fa- <laughs> I think my favorite scene, at least in this storyline, is when uh, Laura is sitting at her kitchen table. She's like, well, I've weighed off possibilities. And how does how does the yearling sound to you? Laura's like, great. And bye-bye. I'm like, that's bye-bye me. Was- <laughs> I'm like, that's what that's me. Every time I'm like done with something, I'm like, and bye-bye. And I drop it on the Listen, floor. Listen, that binder was thick double C. Yes. Double C. <laughs> With just terrible movies. I feel like it's just all movies like The Yearling. Like all like 40s, 50s, wholesome Ugh. wholesome family programming. That was not great. Like the Donna Reed show. Ugh, don't get me started on that. Because <laughs> that brings up memories of Dean. Well, Dean's still around. Well, not in this episode. Thankfully. Yeah, but he's mentioned a lot. Yeah, but. Okay, so you want to know the first thing I wrote in my notes? Yes, tell me. Lorelai and Christopher still aren't speaking because they're babies and they never matured despite their age. True. Because Christopher calls at 6.45 in the morning. As they're... And... Okay. All right. Again. (laughs) Okay. All right. Come on. (laughs) The timeline of their morning makes no sense. Listen. I don't get it. Just go with it. I know. But like... It's never going to make sense to you. But like, you know what just... When you start analyzing something and then you can't... Guys, he has his head in his hands. You can't... And he's just like, has this look of despair on his face. You can't unsee it. I know. in response to... Make like Elsa and let it go. (laughs) Oh, we could play Frozen in the town square. No, thanks. There's a second one only. Because... I didn't... Okay, the second one I didn't like. I, remember you told me oh! you, you liked the second one more? I like the second one way more than the first one. Okay. It was, it was just okay for me. That's a different podcast. Right. Um, what was I going to say? The In regards to my... my Their schedule? Yeah, and like, like you know, I was saying about my, my class about the movie soundtrack. Yes. And we're analyzing just snippets of movies. Like, Are you analyzing Let It Go? No. Oh, but that's rude. the teacher loves... The Manchurian Candidate. Why? From 2004. Yeah, I know. With Denzel Washington. Yeah. And like, I swear to God, it's what? The last week of February, which means I've been in school for two full months. The semester has, been, has gone two full months now. Every single class, he has used The Manchurian Candidate oh as an example. And I'm like, I am never watching this movie. I've seen, I think I've seen a bit of it once. I'm never watching it now because it's completely ruined. Like, Well, yeah, I think that's the, the, the problem that you have with that class too, right? Yeah. Is that you watch so many snippets that you're like, well, fuck it, now I don't watch the movie because. And like, he'll literally use like, po- like scenes of like political drama with Meryl Streep, and he'll like he has he has his little keyboard in class, and he'll like go, boom, 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 and he's like oh, imitating, no. he's like imitating the sounds. I'm like, this is so interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Can I audit your class? Please. When is it? <laughs> it's um on Mondays. What time? Three to five thirty. I can do that. <laughs> Please come. We're going to have a whole podcast episode just when I went to, I'm going to be taking notes furiously and the professor is going to be like, oh, this girl's going to pass all the exams. And jokes on you, sir. It's just for a podcast. You should come. Oh, you, I you come will, now. You'll hate it. You'll want to tear your hair out. Oh, you'll have your hand, you'll have your, your face in your hands like I do. With the look of despair. But like, the, but like, you know what I mean? I've analyzed enough episodes of this show now where it's like, their morning commute makes no sense. And I'm like, I can't unsee that. You well, know? push through. I am because we have another like five years. <laughs> I find I find the 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 routine is more uh, problematic when we get to the college years. Really, I find because like maybe it's just the way the the show is filmed where they skip from scene to scene that I'm just like, but you were just and then you were uh, like yeah. I never know what the okay. fuck is happening. But anyway. that's Gilmore Girls in a nutshell. I know, but we still love it. Anyway, um, so Jess and Lane banter in this episode. Yes. It's the only time in the whole series where we see Jess and Lane Ben. Yes. And I think there's a post on one of the Gilmore Girls fan pages that we follow on Instagram uh-huh. where they posted, um, it might be, I'm, I'm, don't quote me on this, I'm probably wrong, but it might be from like the Gilmore Girls Confess page probably. where they post like confessions, quote unquote, from different fans. Some of them are not confessions, guys. Clear that <laughs> shit up. Let's clear it up. I think one of them, but I, I think it was from that page, one of them said... Um, they wished that Jess and Lane had more scenes together. I I wish I I wish so too. I think so too. Like I I would have liked to see it. Like there was nice. 
but like the thing was, Jess never went, ne- never went to school, and that was but that's I think the problem. That, that was the issue. But even when Rory and Jess were dating, they never interacted. No, because it, because unfortunately, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the brief period where Jess and Rory are actually together, mm. there's. A, <laughs> It's it's very brief because like so much other drama's going on. That, but you like, know what I realized the other day when I was thinking of I was like, we waited so long for them to get together, and when they do eventually get together, it's not that many episodes that they're no, together. No. It's like a te- I was gonna say in dizen, <laughs> but no, it's any like, French listeners understand. Um, it's like ten, like a handful of episodes, ten or twelve, something like that. It's very sad. I know, <laughs> but then it gives you more time to fantasize about him. I know. I know. He's <laughs> like, I know. Every time he walks Staring in, I'm like, wistfully every time he walks in, I'm like, just stay, stay, for a, stay for a bit longer. Anyway. Um, um, I think what makes Jess so easy to sympathize, do you find, do you find him easy to sympathize with in this episode? Uh, yes and no. Okay. So, but I, so I, <laughs> Fuck you. So I think part of what makes Jess so easy to sympathize with is that, and I think I said, I said this last week. The only person who really roots for him, other than Luke, like Luke roots for him, but less so than Rory. I feel like Rory's the only person who roots for him. At this um, point. Yes time. and no. No. Okay. We should call this episode Yes and No. Tell me. Um, yes, Rory roots for him, but Luke is also there for him. He's there, f- yeah. And maybe Luke is not the easiest person to communicate with, clearly. But he tries. Um, but he tries, and he, you can see that he wants what's best for him, right? He's also a man. He's also a man. Like, he's, it's, it's a very, like... He says as a man. <laughs> it's a very... It's just, this episode just makes me sad, because, like, I think this is one of the only times we get a glimpse into, into how, like, off the path Jess has been thrown, in terms yeah. of, like, like, yeah, okay, he's a slacker, but it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's like a good example of how much a, like parents and a school system can just screw, like screw up a kid and oh, like, toss them sure. aside, you know? But it's a cliche, but like No, I know. But I think the problem also is like Luke really wants him to do well. Mm-hmm. Um and the problem is that cuz when you when you realize why Jess is not doing well in school, mm-hmm. um you kind of like, "Oh, I get it." Cuz Jess tells Rory he doesn't see himself going to college. Yeah. So it's all just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he can never express that to Luke, right? No. Because Luke is going to be like, you want to go to college, you're going to go... Like, it's just, it's different. So when yeah. I say, when you say, like, Rory's the only one rooting for him, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's different ways of... Um, it's a different... Jess just expresses himself differently with both of them, yeah. you know? Because Luke just sees it as he's a slacker, whereas he actually gives Rory an explanation. Mm-hmm. And I think when they're in the car, when they're so... Um, Best scene of the whole season, yeah. by the way. <laughs> so I think we've, we're jumping ahead. But so... Uh, so Courtney, what about you? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, um, uh, I've lost my train of thought now. When Thanks to that car. car. Yeah. Um, but prior to that, Luke goes and visits the principal and the principal tells him that Jess is not doing well. He's going to have to repeat the 11th grade. Yeah. And so Luke asks Rory if she'd be willing to tutor him and pretty yeah. much pretty much everything. And even in that scene, like Rory says, you know, Jess is really smart. He could pass any of these classes. And then True. Luke, le- like Luke agrees with that. It's like, a, he's not, it's not that he can't pass it. It's more like an issue with the proximity to the class. Like he's, he's not yeah. going to the class. Yeah. Um, but like later when, after their study, after they've studied, Quote unquote, quote unquote study. because he didn't do shit. No. Um, You're studying. I'm prying into your personal life. Yeah. Um, he says, Let, let's go get ice cream and then. In a cone. In a cone. Any cones. Yeah. Um, so they're in the car and there's a scene where just, I think all of like Jess's unspoken qualities kind of come out. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's the most vulnerable we've seen Jess. Yes, that's the word. Um. And here's where I think that you can really see that it's over with Dean. You think? Rory and Dean have never had a conversation about what Rory wants to do. It's like, oh, I'm not going to hurry. Yeah, and even when they do have a conversation about the future, Dean is usually like, ah, whatever. Like, mocking her, either because he's mad at her, or like, just brushes it aside. Okay. 
Now, Jess, on the other hand, granted, they're not together right now. No. He's like, so Harvard. And it's like, he's challenging her a little bit, too. He's like, oh, it doesn't really seem like you. But, like, no, I'm sure you can do it, you know? Like, yeah, it's just, it's, for me, th- this is the moment, I think, for me, where you're like, they really would be good together. Would you agree? Would I? That. That. <laughs> Dean, Dean is, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Dean is almost... The worst. Yeah, the worst. But, like, <laughs> the way that Dean sees Rory is more like... It's more like a patriarchal father figure where it's, like... No, but not a father figure, but, like... No, but it's that, like... I don't want to bring up Donna Reed again, but it's that thing where, like, just, the man is, like, the dominant figure. But not even that, like... that. So for, then what are you that saying? That for sure, like, I, I mean, I said it before, like, the reason why Dean appeals to certain fan, fan bases is because don't, it's... No, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> The whole traditional generals thing, right? Oh, we just got through it. <laughs> um, um, but like, it's a it's so it's so, it's such a cliche. But the way that Dean sees Rory is infinitely different from the way that Jess sees Rory. Like Jess, kind of like is supportive in a way. I feel that, like Jess sees her as his peer. Exactly. Whereas whereas Dean, Dean sees her as something that is his. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's like. Like, I'm going back to, I think, a little bit the bracelet thing. Yeah. We're talking about, it's my, like, my bracelet on your wrist, your mind, like, you know what I it's, mean? No, like, it seems, like, Rory and Dean's relationship was very based in, like, Andy Hardy politics, shall we say, yeah. where it's, like, good old time in the backyard musical in 1937. I thought you were going to say in the backseat, I was like, whoa. No, good old time. Whoa! The, that's, that's what those, that's what those Andy Hardy movies were called, they were backyard musicals. Yeah. So it's, like, good old Andy Hardy in the backyard from 1937. Like, that's the the structure of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, just just as a character, as a person, as a... Sp- as the love of my life. <laughs> that. As a poten- but as a potential suitor for Rory, it's just, like, it's much... It's just what ba- century were you just transported to? Potential suitor? Potential suitor. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, it's, it's so much... It's based so much more in reality. I think so, too. And I've said that, and I said that as soon as Jess arrived. Okay, well... You were jumping the gun a little bit. I was. But it's still valid. Um, I really, really hate... Yes, tell me. Taylor. Dean. All of the above. Okay. I really, really hate how everyone talks about Rory. Oh my god, I have the same thing written down. When Jess is involved, especially Lorelai. Like, Lorelai's leading the pack. So, Lorelai here in this episode really annoys me more so than last episode. Because when Luke asked Rory to be the tutor... um. Lorelai comes out and is like, yeah, but Rory's a sweet kid. She wants everyone to make everyone happy. She's never going to say no. Stop talking about your daughter like that. Because she doesn't talk about her like that. Any other, to, in any other scenario. And to her face. No, never. Never. So it's like, Jess is bringing out these really problematic, problematic notions about her daughter. Yeah. Um. But I have a problem with Lorelai thinking that her daughter is perfect. That too. And, like, that her daughter is so innocent that she can't be in the same room as Jess. Honestly, I didn't understand this whole, like, you know, at the diner later where Rory's like, okay, well, I'll be home later. Like, we're going to study. Um, like, she doesn't want to leave. What do you think? He's going to rape her? Like, I, I don't understand. It starts hollow. Yeah. It's Luke's diner. I think, and like, it, it, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense doesn't. to me. Like, it's one thing to not like him and... Because you think he's, first of all, I don't even know, like, okay, fine, he stole the bracelet, whatever, and he was a little rude to you when you first, when you, he first came to town, because he moved from New York to Stars Hollow. Like, we would all be fucking pissed, Oh, you know? boy. But, like, I don't understand, and the only thing, the, the thing I keep coming back to is that she wants him to, she wants Rory to stay with Dean so much that she's made Jess out to be this villain. Yeah. And because he represents something that he, he she doesn't want for her daughter exactly so i think could we say that lorelei's like more more lies more lies that's like i'm saying more or less no could we say that lorelei's moral panic slash anxiety surrounding jess and rory is like just another representation of the grand irony that is gilmore girls yeah because it's like at like the whole premise is that Lorelai had to, had to you know return to her parents' world that she had spent so long running away from, and at the whole, and until the end of season five, the whole panic in the back of her head is that her daughter will 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 want to join the world that she ran away from. Which let's be honest, she so does. like that's always in the back of her head, and so I feel like 
I feel like it just this represents the deep conflict that like the deep inner conflict that Lorelai has. I think for Lorelai it's all about losing her daughter. Yeah. And losing meaning I use this quote unquote losing. Like losing her daughter to her parents' world mm-hmm. is one part, like you said. And losing her daughter to like the bad boy. Yeah. Like, I think she thinks if she hangs out with Jess, she's not gonna wanna like she's gonna be more um rebellious maybe and up until then she's had a really good kid who's never done anything bad and like she sees Jess kind of bringing that out in her. and it's still problematic when she like stands with Dean looking at him in the, in the diner window she's like Rory would never lie Rory's perfect Rory's a teenager Rory like Rory is lying leave, all the time <laughs> like leave her the space to grow and learn like no she and won't that just brings up the whole like the whole she's thing she's too we t- up in her business that just brings up the whole thing we talked about a few weeks ago with that episode where it was like you're holding holding a young person to such a high standard at yeah, such a young age. Yeah, it's unrealistic standards for your child. And it like sets the stage for them to fall down so much harder later. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think I said it last week. It's just, it's, it's, you can never, Rory's never going to live up to that. Mm-hmm. To this vision of her that you have in her head. And I think that's why everything comes crashing down yeah. later on. Mm-hmm. If. If we may return to the scene in the car where Jeff No, hold on. Let's go chronologically. Okay. So, let's... um, So, they finish eating dinner in the diner, and then Lorelai has to leave. And she's, like, really scared to leave her. Like, oh, I'm just going to finish my coffee. Uh, Like... No, yeah, okay. And then, so, Rory tells Lorelai, if Dean calls, just tell him I'm at Lane's. Red flag. Number one. (laughs) Number two, Lorelai's like, oh, now I have to lie to Dean? Okay, so you'll lie for Dean, True. but you won't lie to Dean. True. Who's, that's why I was saying last week, because last week I had already watched this episode. Whose side are you on? Whose side are you on for real? doesn't make sense. Because last week Dean asked you not to tell Rory that you guys had this conversation. And you're like, oh yeah, no problem. No, no, no. You, ha- <laughs> you still haven't told her. Your daughter is asking you. That's why I say even if it's right or wrong, like whose side are you on? Yeah. You know? She's too busy being a... And again, it's a missed opportunity to have a conversation with your daughter saying like, yo, are, do you love him or don't you? Are you going to be together or don't you? You want to be with Jess, be with Jess. Like, it's just, it's... No. <laughs> like, I can't speak. She's too... She's too caught up in playing the, the double agent, the middleman. Like, it just, it's just... Yeah, but it's 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 going to bite her in the ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it does. We know, I know for a it fact does. it does. I was trying not to be like, spoilies. Spoilies. <laughs> 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 But no, it's just, it's too much for me. Let's rename the podcast. Spoil you. No. You're, you're, you're willing to lie for your daughter's boyfriend, but you you're not. You won't lie to him. You won't lie to him for your daughter. Um, and, it, and it brings up the question, which is, which is more problematic? Which do you think is worse? I think, but I, I don't think I've, I've been hiding the fact that I think it's bad that they always have conversations without Rory behind her back. Yeah. And they like, don't tell her about them. I don't think that's right either, but my issue, my issue is that Lorelai... You think it's worse that Rory's asking Lorelai to lie? No. I think it's... No. (laughs) Okay. This is a very overwhelming episode. You asked me! (laughs) No. Um, do you, uh, what shall I say? (laughs) This is like... It's never something you want to hear on a podcast. What shall we say? (laughs) I'm so flustered now. Um... I think the issue with Rory asking Lorelai to lie is not that she's like, it's it's not that she's asking Lorelai to do that. It's more so that she's kidding herself that Rory and Dean are over. Or like, so like that the relationship is is Rory. You mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. What's it's like? It's no. I understand what you're saying. It's like Rory's asking. Rory asking her mother to lie for her is like you're just pretending that everything's okay. Like it's normal to ask your mother to lie. For yeah, you. like you like you like when you, you never would have done this before. Yeah, no. My issue is that is that Rory is kidding herself in terms of her feelings, and like the feeling is like she's not really into, into Dean anymore, yeah. and is kind of falling for Jess. You know what? I think I don't know if I said this last week, but I think the problem is also that Rory is so reluctant to admit to herself that she doesn't like Dean anymore because of her mother's reactions, I think. Yeah. I think if Lorelai was more on her side a little bit and had these conversations with her that she should be having, yeah. I think she would be much more open to the fact that she would listen to herself a little bit more, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Funny, I just thought of something. So remember how last week we were talking about Michelle's mother and their relationship? Yes, and their <laughs> and their relationship. So it's interesting how that like Lorelai and Rory have this, you know, iconic do this iconic, you know, um, dynamic as mother daughter, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, any fan of the show will tell you that it's it's problematic because it's not good to be best friends with your child. Yeah, for sure. So it's interesting how, you know, Lorelai pursued that kind of relationship with her daughter because she had the complete opposite with her own mother. Mm-hmm. And it's weird how there are, like, she's so open with her daughter until she's not. Yeah. So it's like she's willing to, you know, instill her love of, weird pop culture things and these weird movies and like they know everything to get like any movie that Lore- that Lorelai knows Rory knows like they they're very yeah, yeah they're entwined and I think what you're trying to say and correct me if I'm wrong they're entwined in much more superficial ways like pop culture and like yeah I'm that like they're they're entwined in those in those super, 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 superficial <laughs> ways <laughs> they're entwined Did you say <laughs> <laughs> they're entwined in those superficial ways. Yes, but they're also and they're but they're also entwined, um, as as mother daughter as you know talking about their feelings and everything. But but because Lorelai had her so young and is her, still herself very emotionally immature, mm-hmm. Lorelai can like go so far with discussing certain subjects with her with her daughter. Yeah, and she's and she'd rather continue cultivating this this quote unquote superficial relationship even though it's not like i don't know I don't that's the right word but she'd rather I think, she'd I rather think in certain con- scenarios it is the right word yeah though. she'd rather continue cultivating that kind of relationship which is easy and we don't have to confront ourselves or our feelings she'd rather have that kind of dynamic which they do forever yeah but that's why when it comes to conflict there's that's why that's why the show is so conflicted with conflict because conflicted with conflict oh we're writing that down <laughs> because they, you know, they're so good with one dynamic that it sets the stage for them to fall down and, and fail at, at the other kind of conflict. Well said. Anything else you want to add? <laughs> She's writing down conflict. What did I say? Conflicted with conflict. New podcast title, you guys. No, stop <laughs> suggesting new podcast titles. Spoilies. Spoilies. <laughs> anyway, um, that's my attempt to be deep. I'm just thinking about it critically no but i think the fact that like look lorelei um doesn't know how to communicate either right yeah um but i think she also prides herself on being able to talk to her daughter about anything exactly so but saying, it's very hard for her to talk to her about certain things yeah so like it, it does it does the relationship does go beyond these super these superficial elements because she says i'm the cool mom who, who will talk to her kid about anything mm-hmm. but to a fault exactly and it only goes so far but she's also instilled that in her daughter because rory is really unwilling to talk to her too Exactly. And then, so remember in the first season when she's like, I never, I, I don't want to raise a kid who can't say I love you. You well, already did. You did. And you're You con- failed as a parent. And you're continuing to raise a kid who's going to have... <laughs> no, but she's... But at this point, she's still continuing to raise a kid who's going to have issues later on because of this, this dynamic Yeah, no, for mother. sure. It, it, it definitely becomes more problematic as the season goes on. As the show goes on, I mean. Yes. Um, 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 what else did I wanted to say? What else did I wanted to say <laughs> is the word that I, um, can we, like when they're in the car and they go get ice cream, mm-hmm. how fucking far is this ice cream shop? That's, that's, they're going like 50 miles an hour in a straight line I know. in Stars Hollow. The, Where is this ice cream shop, Jeffrey? I feel like there's a lot of different places that are just a little outside of Stars Hollow. Because there's so many places they talk about that we don't see. So I feel like Stars Hollow is like this little... Like star- Woodbury that they talk about all the time. <laughs> but, there's like, I f- but I feel like that's, that's a reality with a lot of small towns. Where it's like there's a lot of things that are nearby but not in our town. You know what? Now that I realize, yeah. When I was living in Campbellton we, for ice cream, we went 20 minutes away. See? Or what was the place that you took me to for... Mami Yo-Yo. <laughs> Mami Yo-Yo is in, on the Quebec side. Yes, yeah, so we had you to so drive was, over a bridge. I, yeah, I lived right on the water on the New Brunswick side, and you drove right over the bridge, and you were in the Quebec side, an hour behind. Yeah. And we oh would put in Mami Yo-Yo. <laughs> it was down good, though. That time change screwed me up so much. It was oh, like, <laughs> I come into New Brunswick, oh, it's this time. Okay, now we're going back into Quebec, so go back an hour. Have you never traveled before? <laughs> Literally never. I'd never gone between time zones before. Oh, really? Never. Oh, that's fine. It's just an hour. Relax. I know. 
Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so now that I think about it, yeah, we still have to go 25 minutes for like this bomb ice cream. It was exactly. good. It was damn good ice cream though. So they probably just like drove a little bit out of Star's house. I'm like driving so goddamn fast. <laughs> Where is this ice cream shop? Okay. So the car scene. Yes. Go forth. <laughs> he has so, feelings, you guys. I do. Always and forever. Um, Always and forever, Laura Jean. Yes, coming soon to Netflix. I don't know when. Sometime. Are they filming yet? There's a, there's a third movie coming. Um, so okay, sorry. Not only do I think, I feel like the introverted smart girl tutoring the smooth-talking slacker, like that's obviously a cliche. That's, yeah, heavily used trope. Yes, so what I feel, but I feel like it, I feel like it works here because... I feel like they did it well. They did it well. and They did it well because he's not actually a slacker and we know that he's smart. We've seen him have intellectual conversations before. Yeah, so that, that's how, so that's why it works. So I think we're all like, this is ridiculous. Nobody needs to be tutoring anybody. Right but here. like, the, in that car scene <laughs> in particular, Rory like probes him more than she has before. Can I say? No. Mm, don't say probes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well there's certain words that are banned... Phrases, certain words. That's what it's called. Uh, <laughs> there are certain words. I get a weird f- image in my head when you say probes. <laughs> there are certain words and phrases that she has banned from this podcast. Anyway, um, so you keep you keep deterring my train of thought. <laughs> I just said don't say probes. <laughs> anyway, like when people say penetrate, I'm like ooh. <laughs> um, like. The way that no, but like the way that she gets him to kind of open up in that brief car scene, yeah, is more than we've gotten all season from yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said in the beginning, it's a it's a real show of vulnerability. Yeah, and, it, and like Jess was talking about how like when Roy says, you know, you're you're like you're smarter than anybody. You can pass any class you take. Like why, you know, like what what's not what's not clicking? No, well, she also tells him, why aren't you going to college? Mm-hmm. Uh, why why are yeah or whatever and she's like ask luke ask principal or ask my mother you know like yeah and that to me it's insight that we don't have usually yeah and like but like that to me just shows the like other especially as a kid like other how other people see you and how other people talk like speak of you talk to you like that influences your sense of self but that's your... why i think it's so problematic that lorelei keeps like saying these things exactly realistic expectations that's she does. it and so, um, whether it's good or bad, if you push something on somebody, like, they take it to heart, for sure. Yeah, like, in, but especially in terms of how a kid kind of develops and grows up, like, it was it was problematic for, for Rory, obviously, as an adult. Yeah. But I feel like... It's just hit her later. It's always going to hit you. It just hits you later. Yeah, so I feel like with some, I feel like with some kids, it hits you while you're a kid, and that makes it harder. Listen, it obviously hit Jess earlier. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was so miserable in Stars Hollow all the time. Uh, it hit Rory in her 30s, and that's why she doesn't know what the fuck is going on, and she'd probably go. Yeah. Um, uh, but she being a cheater. Yeah. <laughs> when, just like when Jess was talking about, you know, how, oh, you know, I can ask the principal, ask my mom, ask Luke, like, ask other people how they see how they see me. Don't ask, like, no one asks me how I feel. It's like, yeah. when, you know, like when in the episode where he. Yeah, and, she's the only one asking. Yeah, because in, in, like, in the episode where he and Liv were looking for a new apartment, he's like, hey, nobody asked me if I, if I, if I want to move to Stars Hollow, yeah. but I'm here. I'll so be. So pick whatever you want and I'll be there. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of all we, we've been getting from him for the season. And now we're getting a bit, like, a bit more depth. Yeah. And. It's just that we got a little bit more depth and then he left. Yeah. And more so, like, it just reminds me of a quote from the movie Pretty Woman. Mm. Um, where Big she, mistake. <laughs> huge. Is that the quote? No. <laughs> big mistake. Big. Huge. No, not that. Um, there's a scene towards the end where she and Julia Roberts and Richard Gere are, like, in bed together. And she, they're talking, like, he's, like, basically. Is that not a problematic movie? No. It's, okay. <laughs> not really. Mama, I, I understand the dis. I understand like the whole Cinderella discourse, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> you brought it up. Um. So no, there's a scene, like with Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, and he like he's basically telling her what Roy's telling Jess. You know, like oh, you could be so much more. Blah blah blah. And she, like she says like one line that's just that's. That just applies to a lot of different situations. That she says, people put you down enough, you start to believe it. That's true. So, like, you know, I'm not going to say people necessarily, quote unquote, put Jess down in in his family. Like, maybe it could have just no, been, like... No, but you hear something often. Another way to say that is you hear something often enough. Like, it gets internalized, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, um, 
like I, I'm, I mean, maybe the principal wasn't putting him down, but obviously, like he didn't think highly of him. Like no, nobody well, really. Well, just stole their baseballs. Yeah, but I think out of all the people, I think out of all the people that Jess lists about other, like other people's opinions of him, Lorelai's is the worst. Like Lorelai, I feel like Lorelai. Yeah, is he con- goes ask your mother. I feel like Lorelai is contributing to both her daughter's detriment and Jess's. Not that, not that she's responsible for Jess, yeah. but, like... Look, for Jess, it must suck. Like, you just moved to this town. You're already unhappy because, like, your mother... Sh- you feel like your mother doesn't want you. Your uncle is, like... He took you in, yes, but, like... Was it his choice? No. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not doing well in school because you don't care to be there. It's a small town. And then, like, here you are. Like, you like this girl. You can actually have a conversation with her. And her mother... Like, it must feel shitty that a, a stranger who doesn't even know you thinks the worst of you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like exactly, and like it happens if, to be that stranger's that, that 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 stranger is the mother of the girl you like. Exactly, like, it it can't feel good to be Jess right now. I also that hate, being said, in this episode, he's really a dick to Luke. He's like, oh, maybe I'll work in a diner. I know, like, bitch, Luke works in a diner, but he owns the diner, and now he owns the building so that you can fucking have a place to live. And like, I feel like he's just lashing out because everyone's. I get it. No, I know he's lashing out too, but it's just it's like shut the fuck up. I feel like Lorelai is the absolute worst. In oh, yeah. yeah. Um, can we talk about Lorelai's freak out after that accident? Yeah. Please, let's get into that. Okay, so... First of all, the scene where she leaves, like, she goes to see Rory in the hospital. Like, first of all, she demands another x-ray just to make sure everything's fine. That doesn't work like that, by the way. As someone who works <laughs> in the hospital, it doesn't work like that. So... She comes out of the room after taking her down for an x-ray. And she just goes like, back to start But she has this, like weird childish angry look on her face and she's just like i know mm, like i'm like gonna, she's gonna ye- throw a tantrum I'm and gonna, she did basically she i'm gonna go tantrum. yell at someone Blech. like jeez, you know no um she goes to luke's mm-hmm. and starts screaming for jess i know you're in there come out of here and like luke's talking to her like what happened like to, like you're just i know you're freaked out because your kid was in the emergency room but you saw your kid she's fine yeah like, calm yourself down. And Luke has the patience of a saint. He does. Because when he finally lashes out at her, like, back, I was like, that took way too long. You should have got up in her face way before that. I, like, from a parent's perspective... From a parent's... <laughs> blah, 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 blah. From a parent's perspective, I understand... Like, I understand Lorelai's reaction. Like, her tantrum is different. I understand her reaction of yeah. being freaked out and, like, wanting to, you know... Like, obviously, alarm other people, I guess. But, like, her tantrum was not about... It was not directly about Rory being hurt. It was about someone hurt her, and now I have to, like, terrorize everybody. Yeah, and we're going to get into, like, the fallout of that in the next episode. Yes. Where Rory has her own freakout. Yes. But if we stay in this episode, Lorelai blames Luke. So... All of this, in Lorelai's head, all of this is Luke's fault. Because if Luke would have never agreed to have Jess here, then Jess wouldn't have been here. And then he wouldn't have gotten in the car. And then Rory's car wouldn't have gotten crashed. And Rory's wrist wouldn't have been broken. Yeah. It's Luke's fault. Yeah. But I think... Like, fuck you? I, th- I think what it boils... Why did you bring him here? I, th- I know. Like, oh, that's really... Ha- yeah, it's for sure. It's, it's, it's completely it's, childish. It's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous is what it is. I think what it boils down to is that, like... Lorelai kind of caused this. I'm not going to say... Like, yeah, okay, Luke brought Jess to start with blah, 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 blah. But I think that's why she's mad. Exactly. But, like, Lorelai kind of... Like, I'm not going to say she set the stage, but, like... No, but let's be honest. Between me and you, if you like somebody, kind of, and your mom (laughs) hates them, like, I think the more your mother hates them, the more you kind of want to be with them. That's the... Especially if you have so much in common and you can talk about things and you're with a boyfriend who's a dick. Like, I think... That's the everlasting Romeo and Juliet trope. Right? Like, that applies to everything. So, I'm not going to say she caused it, but she was way more to blame than Luke. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I think what what it boils down to is in her tantrum is just like, okay, Jess crashed the car. Jess caused this. But he matters, too. Like, nobody knows where he is. He could have been hurt. He could have, like... He could have been, like, mildly hurt, but, like, Yo, ran away because he was going to get blamed. Like Especially, like, when Luke is like, I have to go find him because he doesn't know where he is. Like, like you should have realized at that point, you know where your kid is. And he says it to her. At least you know where Rory is. I have to go find Jess. He could be hurt. And if that cuts into your screaming time, that's just too damn bad. Go to hell. Right, right back, back at, at you. you. Yeah, we just reenacted the scene. <laughs> we should have a podcast where we just reenact all the scenes. Um, 
No, I think she's being extremely unfair in this scenario. Very childish. But just like get your head out of your ass. Like other like other like other people matter besides your precious Rory. And you know what it is though? Also, the next day when they're going to Luke's for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Is it the next day? No. No, the next episode when yeah. they're going to Luke's for breakfast. I'm just gonna <laughs> spoilies. <laughs> but like it just ties into how selfish she is and she doesn't think. She's like, it'll be fine. We'll make up. I'll say something charming. I'm like, oh, I fucking hate you. I know, exactly. I fucking hate you. But we're not going to get into that right now. No, because we have a lot more to discuss. We have more to discuss someone... because somebody else is here. Ugh. <laughs> That's us shuddering. <laughs> um, before, but before we get into that, <laughs> what, would, what would the reaction have been if Roy was driving? I know we're going to get into that in next, in next week. Mm-hmm. But like, it's still... If, what would the Roy... reaction have been if Dean was driving? I know. And Rory asked all these questions later. I know. But, like, I feel like if Rory had been driving with Jess, it still would have been Jess's fault. It still would have been Jess's fault because Rory would have said, well, we wanted to go get ice cream. Oh, his idea was to go get ice cream? Yeah. Who wanted to go get ice cream? Oh, he was you distracting know? you while you were driving? Like, yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, a demon named Christopher shows up. Mm. Um, like a, the worst Pokemon ever. <laughs> and so, obviously, you know, having him in the beginning of the episode was... Foreshadowing. And, like, setting the stage for him to come... Uh, and come back and just be there. Be gross. Like he shows up and he acts like he gives a damn and like once again has always been around. It's like you haven't. And he's like, I just want to talk to the doctor. That's okay. And like blah blah blah. Like go ahead. Rip his head off his, his off his body. Oh shut like, up. I mean, like dead meat, whatever his name is. Like other people matter besides your precious fucking Rory. Yeah, I don't think parents see it that way though. I know they don't. And but these it, childish parents definitely don't. But it's like, ugh, stop holding your daughter to such a high standard. Especially since you don't even know your daughter because you haven't been here. Thank you. Can we? I really want to jump ahead to like, when is it? Season, like season three-ish and four where Roy's just like bitter and hates her father. Yeah. Is that in season? I live for that. Roy. It's in season, like when she's at college, that's when that happens most. Well, that... Um, that happens in season five too. Yeah, so season four and five. But even in season three, after the whole Sherry debacle happened, she's still very bitter. As you should. As you should be. Um, Lorelai and Christopher make up. Mm. And this is also setting the stage for the last two episodes of the season, which I would love to black out, but <laughs> I cannot. No, we're going to get into that soon enough. Yeah. Anything else you want to say for this episode? Um, to Christopher. Sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, fuck, fuck off. right off. Yeah. But could I also, um, could we also <coughs> say that this episode could be a foreshadow to the later seasons when Lorelai runs from Luke to Christopher? Because mm-hmm. like she has this whole argument with Luke, and she's like, calls. Yeah, Chris. I think the 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 thing to take away from this is yeah, of course, setting the stage for later on. It's that Lorelai always needs somebody to fall back on. Totally. She can never just be. No. Um, I'm thinking also when her and Luke break up in season five. Mm-hmm. And she just breaks down and Suki calls Rory. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of, um, you know, when she needs Luke to drive her to the hospital for her dad. As much as she, like, touts that she's very independent, she's not that fucking independent. And I feel like that's the, but I feel like it's those annoying qualities where she's not really that dependent or independent. It's, like... And for don't you, get me wrong, you, you need somebody to lean on sometimes. I know. But, like, she, every time something bad happens, you have to call a man in your life or exactly. anyone in your life, really. Yeah. You could deal with shit alone. Mm-hmm. I have. <laughs> but no, I feel, but I'm just, it's it's very problematic. And I feel like that that varies depending on the viewer because I feel like some viewers be like, well, of course you need someone to fall back on. But it's like, but for someone who, you know, preaches that she's done this all on her own. You know. Exactly. Yeah. There's one last thing we have to talk about. I, yeah, I have something else to say, but go ahead. Can we please talk about a film by Kirk? No, wait. <laughs> before we talk about a film by Kirk, yeah, I want to talk about that too. But uh, um, you know when Luke finally finds Jess. Yes. And oh. he's like, I made sure she was okay before I did anything. He was smoking a cigarette too. He was right? also smoking yeah. a cigarette, but Luke doesn't give him shit about it because you know. Um, he was also smoking in the apartment at one time. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um. It's very sad. I know. <laughs> because you can tell that, like, he's like, fuck, I fucked up. And he ran away because, like, he knew he's, he's going to get blamed for it. He knew this whole town was going to be against him, you know? Because yeah. Rory's, like, a precious little, like, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, Those are my nostrils flaring. Yeah. I would have loved to see the scene where, like, he took care of her kind of thing. Yeah. Meaning, like, how 
I would have loved to see the aftermath of the accident with them too. Yeah. Like, how did the ambulance come? Like, no, 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 everything. In my head, he carried her on. No. <laughs> oh my god. He car- he put her onto the stretcher, and they put him in the am- they put her in the ambulance, and they do- closed the doors and they drove away all dramatically. And they just stared at it longingly. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Thank God Jeffrey's not into film because. Uh, Imagine if I was in cinema. God. Just be like an action shot of Jess. It would be like this. I imagine you like presenting. Hello, this is my final project. Much like Kirk. And then just like a fucking slideshow of Jess's face. (laughs) It would. It would. Thank you. I don't care if I failed. (laughs) An art film of my husband. Oh my God. Yeah. So the last thing we're going to talk about. Is a film by Kirk. A film by Kirk. So I'm pretty sure that. So he's been working on this for eight years, but I just want to throw that in. (laughs) Was it eight or five? Eight. So. Five? I think it was five. Okay, still a fucking long time. Long time. You're not Steven Spielberg. (laughs) I think you can. I'm pretty sure I've seen black t shirts with a film by Kirk on them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they sell them. Um, This deserves an Oscar, in my opinion. (laughs) Right? Um. But also, I'd like to know how he coerced people to act in this. I know. And I use the term act very loosely, by the way. <laughs> it just makes no sense. That's the whole thing. I love you. He has good taste. Like, it was just I like, know. It was just... So the premise of the... Premise. No, there's no premise. The movie is maybe like... A few minutes long. Yeah, six minutes long, I'd say. Because apparently there's other shit that we don't see. Yeah. But the whole thing of the movie is that... He's going to meet his girlfriend's... There, you know, he's living vicariously through the screen. He's going to meet his girlfriend's parents. And she's like, oh, my dad's never met anyone. And my dad's favorite. And then Kirk is like, he has good taste. I will tell him that. (laughs) And then the dad opens the door. You're coming with my daughter. She's my favorite daughter. You have good taste. Let's eat. Like, it was just... It was so... Oh, my God. And that dancing? (laughs) I don't have much to offer, but I do have this. And then he just... Dances, you guys. Very good moves. I like the moves. Is this dance better or worse than the dance that he does in season six? That's a tough question. Yeah. The like the evolution of man or something. Yeah, I think other. Uh, no. I think, <laughs> I think this one's better. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. So filmed by Kirk. <laughs> and he raps later on. Apparently, mm. we don't see that. I don't thankfully. know if we can. Can we see the whole thing? Somewhere. I don't. I don't think. Well, it's not in the episode. So. I know, but they should have done like you know, like a release or something. Like a full, a full. Yeah. Um, a film by Kirk. We're googling. We're googling a film by it. Kirk. Oh yeah, you have the full one. Oh yeah, it's full. That's the first thing that came that comes up. Yeah, but is it really? How long is it? Let's go back up. Back up. Just a minute and fifty four seconds. So probably not. So it's probably not. It's, it's probably really, just. They from, probably just cut it and like. It's probably from the see a film by Kirk T-shirts. Yeah, on, I know. On Red We're gonna Bubble. order them, but um. <laughs> Whoops, I clicked on the wrong one. Yeah, I don't know, but this um, this is where uh, Sean Gunn's comedic genius shines. It really does. A second film by Kirk. <laughs> There's another one. Yes. He has it on VHS, too. <laughs> I know. It's fucking hilarious. Well, this was, one has it was their faces. Two, it was 2002. Oh, this boy. It has their faces. I feel like just the words in that, in, yeah, yeah, in that font is just A enough. film by Kirk. Um, anything else? I think that's it for this week. We, I think that's it. We, we got, had feelings. We got through it in one piece. We got through it, but I'm still mad. Shall we update them on, on the bracket? The bracket is a new matchup this week. Are you ready? I'm ready. Y'all ready? Are you ready? Let's do it. Ah, ah, okay. <laughs> uh, 116 Starcross Lovers. Yes. Versus 312 Lorelai Out of Water. See, three, okay. That's, mm. Mm. It's, but wait, did we did we ever clear up our confusion around? So Rory and Dean break up in season three, in I at think the it's at nine. the da- at the dance marathon. Shut up, Gilmore Girls. So we have to clear that up first before we can move forward because we've probably been incorrectly citing probably the episode. It was probably my fault. Oh my god! Just go to Wikipedia. What do you want? Some fandom page? No, this is the wiki for th- episode seven. I thought it was seven. I thought it was nine after I said it last week. I was like, 12? 12 seems excessive. Nine, maybe. And then I'll, now it's seven. So all this time we've been saying 12. Well, we suck. Please disregard us. No, um, well, don't do that because... <laughs> no, it's okay. So it's, I thought, no, now that makes sense. It was episode seven. Still a ridiculously long amount of time to torture us with Roy and Dean. 
I'm just saying. I also, think so too. They're ha- they have, on this page, they have screenshots of the scene with. Nope, don't say it. No, no, don't say it. Anything else? We have a lot of feelings about that one. Anything else? <laughs> I think that's it for this week. Where can they follow us? Gilmore Girls Podcast. On Instagram. And Gilmore Podcast. On the tweeters. And gilmorepodcast at gmail.com for any comments, questions, or shout outs. Should you feel the need to email us. Or you can also message us on the social media platform of your choice. Or fax us. Or fax us. Yes, exactly. And we will see you next week.